From legendary locals we all know to people you should get to know. Follow Ipswich Today on your favourite app and never miss an episode. Or go to ipswichtoday.com.au Coming up, Simon Ingram announces a second run for council, hoping to unseat at least one incumbent to take a spot in the chamber representing Division 1. He joins at least three other previous candidates lining up across the city for the local government election in March. It's Monday, November 6, 2023, and I'm Alan Roebuck. Welcome to Ipswich Today, which acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which it is produced and pays respects to elders past, present and emerging. This podcast is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. The next local government election is in March 2024. Back in 2020, Simon Ingram ran third in Division 1 with just a shade over 14% of the vote, so he wasn't successful in gaining one of two councillor spots. He's back and declared his intention to run again in 2024. Thanks for speaking with Ipswich Today, Simon Ingram. Oh, you're very welcome, Alan. Thank you very much for having me. Let's kick it off and uh, go back to 2020. Why did you run then? Yeah, great question, Alan. Um, Really, the real reason why I ran was I saw all the candidates in the field. I couldn't believe they really weren't talking about the issues that people were people's problems that they really cared about. Um, I was shocked. You know, I felt that the the problems everyone was facing were pretty obvious and um, I wanted someone to be talking about how to solve them and I couldn't believe that no one was, so I, so I put my hand up. Did you do much campaigning back in 2020? I just can't recall because yeah, no, you're, well, you, you were up against name recognition, of course, with uh, yes. Sheila Ireland. Absolutely, exactly right. No, I, I only put my name forward from the, the 14th of January was when I announced so I only, I only had two months. Um, and what was, of course, everyone hopefully remembers that that was one month of solid campaigning and then we were all hit by coronavirus, which changed things completely. It certainly did. A quick browse through your social media now tells me you've, out, you've been out and about quite a while. Soft campaigning, if you want to call it. Have residents' concern and feedback changed in that four years? Well, no, what is really sad is that the big issues, the biggest issues from four years ago are still the biggest issues today. So, uh, and that's why I'm running again, because the same obvious problems that everyone was facing four years ago are still exactly the same obvious problems everyone is facing today. So what are those obvious problems? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, the, the biggest thing, so the absolute, by a long shot, biggest issue in the area is the stench, which is now happening every single day. Um, or, you know, often happening every single day. So so stopping the stench um, and along with that, no more dumps. Um, but then the you know, other biggest issues, for example, the train line to Deving Heights, which was has been on the Southeast Regional Plan for, to be done by 2030. We haven't even had an options analysis on that. We haven't even had a business case. So how on earth is that going to be done by 2030 if we haven't gotten started yet? So that's why my slogan is let's get it done um, and then other big ones including the the Cunningham Amberley intersection upgrade that was promised by a federal government 20 years ago uh, it still hasn't happened so now most of what you've said there Simon are, are really the responsibility of either the state or the feds or together how can you as a councillor if you get elected fix that yeah, then that's a great question. Um, a lot of these are issues that require all three levels of government to do something. 
So it absolutely requires cooperation of council. Um, but really what I am promising to be here is to be the absolute pain in the ass of the state members and the federal members until we get this done. You talked about no more dumps. I think the current council has made themselves pretty clear that they don't want any more dumps. There's been a few court cases as witness mm-hmm. to that. But yeah. with, with, the, with the stench and the stink, again, there's a lot of state government involvement there. What's your view on, on enclosing all these uh, compost areas, which is what I've heard uh, the current council talk about? Absolutely, that needs to be happened, needs to be done, and that needs to be legislation that forces these companies to enclose their operations, that forces them that you can only run a composting business here if it is enclosed. That requires state legislation. It should have been done already. Uh, We're being a bit hoodwinked right now because people are saying, oh, there's legislation being worked on now, but that legislation doesn't say that they have to have their operations enclosed. So that's something that should have already happened and it needs to be done. On your campaign website, Simon, you state that your campaign is entirely self-funded. You're not taking donations from anyone. Why have you decided to do that and and how are you going to run an effective campaign with just self-funding? Yeah, thanks for asking. Well, I've I've actually saved up the money over the last four years. So I've already got my money in savings to run my campaign. Um, But I actually think this is a really important issue because – when you have to take donations from other people to run your campaign, you just open yourself up to being susceptible to having someone donate where you then you then feel you're, uh, you know, you are beholden to them. Um, and it's really the easiest, simplest way of making sure that I'm not I'm not controlled by any vested interest, that I'm not beholden to anyone, is I will not take a single dollar from anyone else. When did you move to South Ripley? Good question. So it's over Christmas in 2020, 2021. So we lived in Lee before that um, and yeah, moved at that time. And But, you know, we've, we, we love our community here and become very involved since we've gotten here. I'm the PNC president of the state school. I'm on the PNC, the high school. Um, my wife is the guidance officer at the high school as well. So we uh, – and my, I have complete – I tell anyone who will listen, um, my daughter was the uh, Ripley Valley State School school captain when in her, in her first year. So she's actually been more successful in public life than I've been. So. Sounds like a very proud dad to me. Yes. Uh, just just back to your website, uh, Simon, I'm, I'm curious about another claim on there. You, and I quote here, sadly, this vision for the Valley has been let down by some developers selling houses and land packages on empty promises of town centres and infrastructure they haven't provided. Yes. And you've, you're, you're pretty strong here. The next bit in cartel with the state government. I don't know what yeah. evidence you've got for that. But it's a bit of a cart before the horse with new estates. I mean, I, I can see a town centre there. There's been another one announced, I think, closer to you. Mm. So you, you really can't have shops until you've got people, can you? Oh, I, I disagree. I think so. It actually, this gets back to the bigger issue and something I, I get very riled up about is state government should have provided the trunk infrastructure for the whole area before allowing the states to be developed. And so one of the biggest issues I'm campaigning on is the upgrade of Ripley Road, the main corridor through the Ripley. By the way, the Ripley Valley is the fastest growing corridor in all of Queensland. So it's an important point. Uh, and the main road through that should have been upgraded before we allow these estates to be built, and including the, the upgrade of the Cunningham overpass of Ripley Road, which we have saw another accident there just this week with people queuing up to get off because it's 
was never upgraded. So the, the infrastructure cannot cope for the people who are now here and who are now moving here. But getting back to the, the, the town centres, um, like, for example, Providence, so everyone bought houses in here from 2016 onwards on the promise of that town centre being so they could walk to their supermarket, you could walk to get your bread and milk, walk to the tavern, and only just now has an application been made for that. So people, you know, imagine buying your house in 2016, 2017, thinking that was going in, uh, and you've waited until now before even an application is made. Uh, similarly, um, the, the train line is the biggest one. So everyone buying houses in Echo and in North Ripley, um, they were those estates had site branding on them of a train. Uh, what does it say? Uh, a live close to transport is what it said. Um, and that where, where's the drain line? So, you know, it's supposed to have already happened. Can we talk about the proposed development at Astral Court uh, in Flinders' view? That item will actually go, or the development application will go back to the Growth Infrastructure and Waste Committee on Thursday, November 9, that's this week that we're recording, either for a decision, a refusal, or a deferred decision to the full council meeting. I saw you listed as a contributor to one of the presentations at the recent Independent Decision Review Panel public meeting. What did you contribute to that presentation? Oh, I really just, we all worked together on on the present, so I'm not taking any credit for the for the whole presentation, but we, we worked together uh, to, to come up with what were the biggest uh, objections, the most important things that were being overlooked. Um, and so tra- traffic was a really big one. Um, and so how can they be saying that 300 plus extra cars onto that roundabout, onto the local streets is not going to be a problem? Um, and then the other one was the environment. So the site is already subject to flooding. How can they say that retaining walls are not going to be a problem for causing flooding of residences? How can they say, and then part of the site already has a habitat protection overlay on it. So how can they say that, um, you know, there's no problem clearing these trees on a partial habitat protection overlay? Is that the part of the site that was originally going to be an extension of the shopping centre? That's right, exactly. So it was, that's why it was zoned special interest, so Mm. that it could be a shopping centre. So it's not even zoned for residential. But But the development's not encroaching onto the creek corridor, is it? Well, it, really it is because, so yes, there's technically there's a creek corridor behind it, but you're talking about um, building retaining walls that are then going to cause flooding issues, going to, you know, things washing away into the creek. Um, you're you're going to be altering the water course for a start and the, and the poor wildlife. So we've taken, you might have seen on my website, lots of photos of the wildlife, kangaroos, wallabies, curlews, um, tawny frogmouth owls. Uh, are there on those, in those trees at the moment and they're you know, not going to have nowhere to go after the site is developed. Should you be successful in 2024, what then will be your top five priorities? And I'm not just talking division-wise, but there would have to be some city-wide priorities in there. Uh, well, it's funny because I, I think my division just happens to be the place where these biggest issues need to be resolved. But uh, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what, I've got the top eight, which is, so first of all, stopping the stench. We have to pass legislation that, like you say, these people have to have their operations enclosed or they have to go somewhere else. That's the biggest issue. Uh, se- second issue, so along with, along with that, no more dumps, but I think we're Finally, we might be all on the same page of no more dumps. Um, the train line to Deving Heights, we need an options analysis done now because it's meant to be here by 2030. 
So that's got to be done. The other thing, like I say, banging on and refusing to be silent on the issue of an Amberley intersection upgrade. It, it should have already been done. Money for it two elections ago, it, you know, we will be a pain in the ass until that gets done. Um, the Ripley, uh, uh, equally valuable, important issues, the Ripley Road upgrade and the school road upgrade in Red Bank Plain. So just like Ripley Road, school road is a main corridor for every one of the new estates. The condition that's in is absolutely shocking. It's a, you know, it, you have to virtually need a four-wheel drive to, to drive over it. And it's also, it's trucks are going along there. And the, the safety issue of that not being upgraded is, you know, really critical. Um, and then, yeah, so there, and then, the, so no, no townhouses at Winston Glades. Um, but the other big issue that I don't hear anyone else talking about, our rural suburbs of Calvert, Grandchester, Perga, Mount Forbes, Ebenezer, they pay rates like everyone else does and they should get their rates spent on their streets like everyone else does. So I, I will be a strong candidate on our rural suburbs getting their fair share. Let's just talk about one issue in your division, Simon, and that is the development around Debing Creek. How would you approach what seems like a major impasse between protesters, local Indigenous families and developers? I'm gutted that I think there's nothing more we can do now. I think it's been approved by the state planning minister, uh, which I'm gutted about. Uh, if if I had been a councillor and it had come to council, I would have voted no. But it's what has happened is the state planning minister has the authority to decide himself, and he has given the approval for the for the childcare centre being built over the massacre site. And I just, like, if you, why would you? I mean, if you're a, you know, a left-wing state minister, why would you want to approve a childcare centre over a former massacre site? Yeah, I know you mentioned that uh, it's a massacre site, but there has been some debate, again, between families about what actually is there. I think the argument might be more, there should be more research done and more investigation. Uh, you look, I'm all for more research being done, but how about we don't approve any applications while we're doing more research? So, you know, you should, if, if that is an argument that's being made, then you don't approve applications until the more research has been done. Simon, and just finally, are you a member or have you been a member of a political party? I am not a member of a political party. And this is a really, so, well, first of all, yes, anyone who Googles my name knows that I was previously a member of a political party, but I'm not currently a member of a political party. And this is really important because, there are candidates running who are members of a political party and they will naturally not want to upset their colleagues in their political party, uh, you know, who are state members or federal members. It's critical that you elect councillors who are not in a political party because then they are completely independent um, and we are going to be deciding issues that are going to upset state and federal members um, and we need to be able to do that with impartiality. So, um, you, you, what you want, if you want someone to be a strong advocate for you and the problems in your street and your suburb, you need to vote for someone who is not a member of a political party. On that note, Simon Ingram, we'll leave it there. Thank you so much for speaking with Ipswich today. Thank you, Alan. And a footnote, Simon Ingram was a previous young LNP president and he ran unsuccessfully for the seat of Bundamba at the 2009 state election. That's it for this episode. Just a reminder to look for handy links in the show notes. 
Ipswich Today is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. This podcast is listener-supported. Please make a once-only gift or regular donation to help keep it online. Just go to ipswichtoday.com.au. Follow and stream this podcast from your favourite app, including iHeartRadio, or play Ipswich Today on smart speakers. Music is supplied by Purple Planet Music. This is Alan Roebuck. Thank you for listening. Enjoying Ipswich today? Please share the love on your socials.